0: You are listening to a message from Victory Alabang. Get the latest updates by visiting victoryalabang.org or like us on facebook.com slash victoryalabang. We begin our new series entitled Truth Be Told. Everybody say, Truth Be Told. Uh, I think this is one of the most exciting um, series that we have this year. Why? Because we're going to talk about the parables how many of you love the parables of Jesus Christ? Uh, I love parables. I grew up, you know, uh, hearing it from, uh, from uh, my, my parents, my, my brother, my sister. And really, it's really exciting to find out what is in those parables. As a matter of fact, there are about 35 parables recorded in the Synoptic Gospels, but we won't have much time to do all of them together. But we'll choose about eight weeks. Everybody say eight weeks. We're going to do an eight-week uh, journey with all the uh, significant parables we can get from the teachings of Jesus. Now, the biggest question we need to ask ourselves today, why did Jesus use parables? You know, what's, what's in them? Okay? What was the, His intention in, in uh, giving all those parables? And hopefully that's what we will dive in today and understand it. Amen? But what is a parable? Let me just give you a quick definition. A parable is a simple story used to illustrate a moral or spiritual lesson as told by Jesus in the gospel. Now, when you talk about parable, it literally means cast alongside something else. So Jesus used this parable to cast alongside a certain truth, all right? To illustrate that truth. I don't know if you get it. There is a certain truth. He uses the parables. So that it can actually illustrate that certain truth, the beginning of that truth. His parables were actually his teaching aids in order for us to get the truth of the kingdom of God. Now, to make it short, so that you won't have a hard time understanding the parable, it simply means this. It is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Simple, right? right. (laughs) Alright. Today's week one. And we will discover the grandfather of all parables. The parable of the sower. Now the parable of the sower is one that you cannot miss. Why? Because, of course, being the grandfather, if you miss this, you might actually miss the other parables. So we need, we need to right now get it. You know, we have to get it. Everybody say, I need to get it. So that's, that's our prayer. We need to get this. So I want you to stand on your feet. Turn with me to Luke chapter 8, verse 4 to 15. It says, And when a great crowd was gathering, and people from town after town came to him, he said in a parable, A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell along the path and was what trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it. And some fell on the rock, and as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns And the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. As he said these things, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when his disciples asked him what this parable meant, he said, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. But for others, they are in parables so that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. The ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil came or the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they heard the word, received it with joy, but these have no root. They believe for a while, and in time of testing, fall away. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. As for those that in the good soil. They are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. Let's bow down our heads and pray. Father, thank you for this word. Lord, we just desire, Lord God, today that you will speak plainly and clearly and simply, Lord God, what the message of the parable of the sower is. Holy Spirit, come, open our spiritual eyes and also open our hearts so that the seed of the word may come deeper and grow deeper in our hearts today. This we ask, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. There was actually a time when, when Jesus didn't use parables. In fact, the beginning of his ministry, you all remember um, when Jesus was tempted in the desert, you remember that? He, the, the Spirit of God led into the desert, and of course we know Satan you know, basically tested, he got tested. He was tempted. He was tested. And after that was the start, the beginning of the ministry of Jesus, right? And what was, what was really interesting about this is that Jesus didn't use the parables yet. At the beginning of Jesus' ministry, there was no use of parables, but his kind of preaching was pretty much direct and straightforward. He didn't, you know, he didn't use parables to teach his word. He just went straight on and said, this is the word. And the, the single message that, that Jesus spoke about is written in Mark chapter 1 verse 15. He said that the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. In some of the other, other gospels, it says, Jesus said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. That's basically what Jesus was saying. That was a single message that came to the people. But when Jesus started to use, you know, or to speak the parables, there was a reason for it. You see, His ministry was growing, okay? So Jesus, Jesus started out great. He was preaching the Word of God. He was preaching the gospel, the good news. So people heard it. It was growing until what we have read today, until that time, there was a huge crowd now. There was a huge people that were following Him. Why? Because they were attracted to something, okay? Maybe because uh, Jesus healed the sick. Maybe because he, you know, he created a lot of miracles. And you know, even the Apostle, not the Apostle, but John the Baptist. You remember John the Baptist, right? John the Baptist basically uh, asked his disciples to go and visit Jesus and ask uh, if He is the Messiah or should we look for somebody else? So what did Jesus say? He said, he said in this verse... Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you what hear and see. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. And the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. The ministry of Jesus grew because people were getting all the benefits of His ministry. Think about this, if Jesus was here and you heard that he's he's a healer, he can heal, I mean 100%, no need for doctors, no need for hospitals, you know that Jesus can heal. You'd probably be here, probably this place won't be big enough for all of us, right? Because there were just tremendous miracles that were happening. In fact, John could not even record all those miracles that Jesus performed. So he healed the sick, he made the blind see, he made the lepers, uh, you know, clean, he forgave sin, so many were going after Jesus they were attracted to Jesus but in the heart of hearts Jesus knew that all these attractions, all these things that the people are you know uh, seeing and understanding he knew that it was just superficial it was superficial he knew you know he knew he knew that They were coming for, what? Something else. But did they really understand the kingdom of God? Because his message was to repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. But yet people came. People wanted to know. People wanted to get something from Jesus. You know, many people today, just like the times of Jesus, they are attracted to Jesus because of what He can offer or what they can get out of Him. Uh, I know Conrad mentioned about smorgasbord or buffet, right? When we talk about, you know, taste and see the Lord is good. And really, God is really good. But if, if it's a, just about a buffet line of getting what you want from Jesus, like, you know, I like, you know, I like this, I like this, I like the forgiveness, I like the, the love of God, I like the healing, I like the miracles, you are missing The whole point of things we are missing big time on what jesus is saying because the kingdom of god is not just about those things although they're part of it but it's not about those things let me ask you a question today do you really know what it takes to follow jesus do we really know what it takes to follow jesus why because the subject matter of this parable the parable of the sower it's not just about the sower sowing the seeds into good soil i mean that's all part of the story but the subject matter is about the kingdom of god it's about the secrets of the kingdom of god let's look at the verse in verse 10 of chapter 8 he said to you it has been given in other words the apostles the disciples to you It has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. So the subject matter he was talking about was not really the sower. The truth was about the kingdom of God. I mean, look at it. The secrets of the kingdom of God. Why? But for others, okay, they are in what? Parables. Everybody say parables. For you, his disciples. But think about that. It's about, it's about, Secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others, they are in parables so that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. So, in other words, Jesus spoke parables to bring out truth about the kingdom of God, and He used these parables for two reasons. Number one is to reveal the truth to those who wanted to know it. In other words, if you are a follower of Christ and you want to know more about Christ, then He'll reveal it to you, just like now He's revealing this to all of us. Secondly, he wanted also to conceal. So He wanted to reveal, and yet He also wanted to conceal. Think about that. But for others, they are in parables so that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. So in other words, Jesus wanted to reveal to His followers, but He wanted also to conceal it to those people who were indifferent or offended by Jesus. In fact, in, in Matthew eleven six, 6, He said, remember this, And blessed is the one who is not offended by Me. That's what Jesus was saying. So, if a person is offended by Jesus, I mean, he'll be closed. Doesn't need this. But yet, to all of us, he reveals it. And that's the amazing thing. So, the question is, what are the secrets of the kingdom of God? I mean, what is it? What is it all about? Jesus reveals this by explaining the parable. Right? So, now the secrets of the kingdom of God. Now, here it is. Here it is. Let's look at what Jesus said. In Luke chapter 8, verse 10 to 11, he said, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, of course, but for the others, they are in what? Parables. So seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. Now look at verse 11. He says, Now the parable is what? Is this. The seed is what? The word of God. Talks about the secret of the kingdom of God. And now he's talking about a seed. He says, the seed is the word of God. You know what's quite interesting about this? Um, if, you, if you look at all earthly kingdoms, they are you know, basically uh, the kind of kingdom that would conquer lands, right? Kind of like the West Philippine Seas, okay? Uh, there is another kingdom trying to occupy, right? Trying to occupy the land of the Filipinos. The earthly kingdoms, that's what they do. They invade they come, they declare war, they put their tanks, their planes. They, I mean, talk about it. It's very, very forceful. It's fiercely won. But yet, Jesus talks about the, His kingdom coming in a small seed. A beginning. It says the beginning. This is the beginning. If you want to know about the figure of the kingdom of God, the beginning is the seed. Okay. And he says the seed is what the word of god it is the word of god stephen cole says that just as seed has life in it so the word of god is what alive and can impart life to those who are spiritually dead a seed it would take a small seed though insignificant today you look at a seed right now, you know, it doesn't really, you know, it's not attractive, right? It's not even anything. But it will only take a subtle seed, okay, to just be planted and what will happen? It germinates, it can grow. See, we cannot underestimate the power of the seed or the power of God's Word. You just can't. It may just be a small seed at first. But it has the potential. Everybody say potential. It has the potential to germinate. It has the potential to sprout, to take root, and even crack the foundation of a house. I have a neighbor who has a huge mango tree. Very old. And if you look at it, you know, well, that was many years back. If you look at it, it grew so big that it actually destroyed the flooring And it can actually crack the foundations of a home. So the power of the seed is the power of the Word of God that can actually grow and shake and destroy our foundations. That's a reality. Maybe small, maybe small, but it has the power to shake our foundations. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, that the word, for the word of God is living. It is active. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing the division of what? Soul. Think about that. Soul, your soul is made up of your mind, your will, and your emotions. That's what I say. The word, the seed, can actually divide the mind. Your will and your emotions. That's how powerful the word of God is. Piercing, okay, piercing to the division of the soul and spirit of joints of marrow and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Seed is the word of God. You know, as, as I was, you know, I was preparing this, I was really, really asking the Lord, Lord, please help me, you know. It's kind of like you've heard the parable of the sower many times over already, right? How many of you heard of the parable of the sower? Yeah, all of us have heard it. Yeah, I know that, Pastor. So, you know, I was, I was asking, God, please help me understand this. You know, please give me, give me what does it really mean to have the Word of God. See, it's not just about the Bible. Although the Bible is the Word of God. How many of you know that, right? The Word of God is powerful. We all know that. But it's something bigger. It's something bigger than a preaching today. I can preach the Word of God today, but the Word of God is bigger. It's more than just that. And this is what I, you know, he said in John chapter 1, verse 1 to 5, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was, what? Was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life and the life was the light of men the light shines in the darkness and darkness has not overcome it seed is the word of god but the word of god is god are you here this afternoon he is the one he has the life that shines in the darkness it's interesting because a seed you plant it what in the ground where it's super dark, but yet it carries life. Jesus, when planted in our lives, will create life in all of us. You know why? Because we are all spiritually dead. That's what it is. You see, it's not enough that we hear about Jesus, like the crowds, we hear about Jesus. It's not enough that we know that, oh, God is good, you know, He's good, he's loving, and I like what, what Conrad says, you know, you need to taste, you need to see. In other words, you need to experience Jesus. If it's just about hearing, it's nothing. It's about an experience. The seed has to come together to the, with, with us, the soil, so that there can be an encounter. has to be an experience. If you know my kids, Nathan and Elise, you know, they've grown all their lives here in victory. They've been in kids' church all their life. Not kidding. They grew up here. And all the times that we were here, Sunday in, Sunday out, kids' church, they love going to church. Why? Because they can get food. Yeah. And Casey Bucks. Okay, Casey Bucks. When you're good, then you, you know, there's always a, a prize for you, a reward. And if you've been to our kids' church, they give you a reward, Casey Bucks. And if you save up for their Casey Bucks, you can actually buy a lot of good stuff. But that's their experience with, with Jesus. Not until they came to a youth camp. What's amazing, they were already teenagers. My son... Way back then was about 16. 16 or 15. Whatever. Was that teen? <laughs> I forgot already. But my, my kids, you know, the first time that they attended this youth camp, it totally changed them. Why? They've heard about Jesus in kids' church, they grew up in kids' church. But until they experienced Jesus, their lives were changed. They understand now. They're saved. Actually, they're born again again. They have this, whoa, Lord, yes. That's why they're in the worship team. My son didn't want to be part of the worship team because all the years they've been waiting for us in our rehearsals for the worship. <laughs> and you know, and finally, lo and behold, they're, they're here serving God. Why? Because there was an experience. Because the word of God is Jesus himself. Word of God is Jesus himself. And the power of the seed, God's word, will really depend on how well you hear. That's why Jesus said, He who has ears, let him hear. That's what it says. In fact, in Luke, Chapter 8, verse 18, in another version, King James Version, it says, Therefore, take heed how you hear. Take heed how you hear, for whoever might have, to him will be given. And whoever might not have, even what he seems to have, will be taken away from him. Be careful how you hear the word of God, or else you lose it. Be careful how we hear. And when when you say take heed, that means you take Careful listening. We need to pay close attention to what the Word of God is really saying. It is one thing to hear, but it is also another thing to listen and understand. My daughter, Colleen, she's seven years old. He says, Dad, you're getting old. I said, Why? She said, Because you know, you can't hear me. You're being Ah, okay. Because Why? I'm I'm, I'm hearing you. No, you you, you can't hear me. Finally, I understood why. Because I was just hearing her, but I wasn't really listening to her. My attention was in my work. She'd come in the room all the time when I'm preparing my message. She'll sit down beside me. She'll do a lot of things. And I'm hearing her talk over and over, but I'm not listening to her. You see, the power of the Word of God really depends on how we listen. We need to take care about our hearing unless you need a hearing aid. You don't want that. But we want to listen carefully. Then Jesus proceeds to explain the parable. Let's, Let's continue on. In verse 12, it says, The ones along the path, basically the seeds were thrown, the ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their heart so that they may not believe and be saved. You see, the, the, the challenge when you just hear and not listen and not understand is that the devil, he comes. Right? The sower, you know, uh, well, you know, in, in, in Israel time, in biblical times, um, they didn't have those modern way of sowing seeds. So a sower would just, you know, throw all the seeds anywhere in the ground, any, what, whichever, whatever ground that may be. That's, that's how it was in olden times. They say that when Jesus was taught, you know, talking about this uh, s- uh, parable of the sower, he was looking at a farmer just throwing the seeds. Probably this is where they got the parable of the sower. Okay, But you see, as powerful as the Word of God is, its only effect will depend on, on how well we received it in our hearts. Let me repeat that. As powerful as the Word of God is, its effect will depend on how well we receive it in our hearts. It says there, the ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the Word from where? Their hearts. Okay? So, the secret of the kingdom of God. Jesus said, begins in a seed, which is the word of God, Jesus himself. And then he refers to the heart. Another secret. Okay? It's about the heart. It's about the condition of our hearts. I read an article, as so I was researching this, he said someone said that a man's reception of God's word is determined by the condition of his heart. You see, the soil in the parable represents the condition of man's heart. We just cannot have Jesus in our minds, okay? Kind of like, you know, growing up, there were religion classes. How many of you had religion classes growing up? All of us had that, right? And then it was just like, you know, poured out to us, you did a test, you do multiple choice, the best kind of test, right? Multiple choice. And then you just check it, check it, check. That's basically a mental ascent we know jesus we know about christianity it's all up here but never here never in our hearts now let let's look at the different soil or the different conditions of our hearts you see the parable of the sower when jesus was saying this he was talking about the condition of the hearts of people right so the soil so the first one basically is the hard heart we've we've heard of that it landed on a path Okay? It was a path, so that path may not be cemented. It's probably a it's probably a hard ground. Okay. That's why it is really the condition of the heart, which is hard. A hard heart. These are the kind of people who would hear the word of God, but are not affected by it. They hear it. Oh, that's nice. Kind of like that. You know, I like I like that. They they actually quote it, you know. They quote the verse and post it in social media. They even, you know, say something about, you know, um, they don't even say the full, the say. Uh, I'm sorry. They don't even know and understand what they're saying. Why? Because the seed, which is the word of God, landed on that path, a hard ground. So it does not affect Him. It does not permeate down the soil of our hearts. These are the kind of people who don't receive Jesus, who don't receive the word. Why? Because they are probably in sin. These are the sinners. I don't need that. You know, I have a friend. um, Actually, uh, he's a a bandmate of my wife. I've been inviting him for the longest time to come to church, to attend a small group for the longest time. Still praying for him. Still praying for him, okay? But this guy said, "Uh, Saul, that's not for me. Please, spare me. That's what he said, quote-unquote. Spare me. That's not for me. This is the kind of hearts people have. It does not penetrate. You want to give the Word of God, it does not penetrate at all. And Jesus also mentions, uh, mentions this in Matthew chapter 13, verse 15. And when, when Jesus mentioned this, it came from Isaiah's prophecy. Jesus actually quoted an Old Testament scripture. And this is what He said, For this people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and turn, and I would heal them. you Imagine God is just waiting to heal them. But because the callousness of the heart, the hard heart, The word of God, Jesus himself, cannot penetrate the heart of these people. That's the first condition. Let's look at the other condition of the heart. And it's in verse 13. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they heard the word, received it with what? With joy. But these have no root. They believe for a while and in time of testing, what happens? fall away. In the region of Galilee it is known also to, uh, to be underlaid with what we call limestone. Okay? There's a limestone and then there's a bit of soil. And Jesus was, was very acquainted with this kind of setting in, in their time. And he pointed out this kind of heart. Okay? There was a bit of soil, but underneath that soil was a hard, hard ground, which is like the rock. It was a rock surface, limestone. The soil, so of course we know that that's a soil, it's shallow. So when the seed was planted by the sower, what happened? He received it with joy, right? He got, you know, he understood about Jesus. He was happy. And then, you know, he was excited to tell his friends. In fact, oh, I have Jesus now in my life. I got born again. I'm so happy. You know, you got to come to church. It's great. So it springs up. It sprouts rapidly. But after a while in the season, hot hot moments came. So what happened? The plant did not make it. It got scorched. It grew rapidly, but when the hotter part of the season came, the plant really dies. Why? Because of a shallow heart, a shallow soil. It did not take root. So what's wrong with this person? What's wrong with him? Okay? Because they failed to count the cost of being a disciple of Jesus Christ. Again, you know, you love the, the buffet. <laughs> we love those, I, Lord, I like you saving me. I love you helping me. I, love, I like it when you heal me. I like it when you provide for me. I like it that you have forgiven me. In other words, they like Jesus as Savior, but never Lord over their lives. Never. Never. You know, it reminds me of a story of this rich young ruler basically coming to Jesus. Okay? He was so rich, he had everything. He went to Jesus says, Lord, what, what shall I do to get eternal life? So he says, you know, I've done my part. I have obeyed the commandments to the letter. I'm, I did it, everything. I did it, Lord. And, he said, and Jesus said, wow, that's great. Now all you need to do is sell off everything you have and give it to the poor. So we all know what happened, right? This rich young guy says, Ah, wait a minute. He's happy to, to see Jesus. There was so joy. He met Jesus. He loves Jesus. But when it comes to some certain issues of giving something, costing him something, he says, he, the Bible says, he left so sad. You see, when, when we don't have any good foundations, in Christ, what happens is that when testings happen, when hard times happen, that's we say, Christianity is not for me. I'm going to walk away. This is the other condition of the heart. The other one is what, call, what we call the divided heart. Okay, The divided heart. You look at uh, verse 14. It says, And as for what fell among the thorns... They are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are what? Choked by what? The cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. Now, just like the shallow heart, this is like the cousin. Okay? Only good times, the shallow heart. But here, it's a divided heart. They love Jesus, they come to church. They're happy with the worship service. They're here. They're listening. They come to our small groups, our victory groups. It's great. Okay? But the cares, the worries, suddenly they were worrying. Wait a minute. Just like the rich young ruler. Wait a minute. I'm going to give up on a lot of these things to follow you. The worries of life would come. That's why, yep, they like Lord, but the Lordship of Christ, it's being shared by another Lord. Guess who? You. Guess, guess who that Lord is? It's, it's you and me. We want, we want Jesus for the good things that He has for us. That's what we want. We want Jesus to enter our kingdom so that He can help our kingdom. But never us entering His kingdom. If you're seeing the secret of the kingdom of God, it's not about really what we get. You need to go into His kingdom and understand what the kingdom of God is. That's what it is. So you become divided. There's a divided heart. You don't know where to go right now. Some because, because of you know, the attraction of wealth, fame, fortune, power. There's nothing wrong with wealth. We need wealth, but when we pursue after those things, it becomes Lord. You become the Lord and not Jesus. The other soil, or what we call the other condition of the heart, of course, we love this, is the what? It's the good heart. Okay? Verse 15 says, As for in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, okay, hold it fast in, honest and good heart and barefoot with patience the other version of this in Matthew it says as for what was sown on good soil this is the one who hears the word and what understands it in other words there was already a change of mind he understood finally okay now he's feeling it the only time that you feel it's when you understand it right and that's what happens He understood it. Now he's feeling it. It's in his heart. What happens? He indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case, a hundredfold, in another, 60, and in another, 30. You see, when a seed is planted in good soil, it does not remain a seed. Right? How many of you know that? It does not remain like a seed. You know, my daughter, she loved avocado so much she actually got the seed. Have you ever seen the seed? She researched, she Googled, <laughs> and she, she, she sliced the, 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 I think she did, she sliced, no, she just used the, the seed, right? She put some barbecue sticks and then put it on, um, on a cup with water and for weeks, you know, nothing was happening. But guess what? That seed right now is a nice plant. I didn't bring the picture with me, but you know what I'm talking about it grew to this, this high. And there are leaves now. And for the first time in my life, I actually saw a, an, an avocado plant <laughs> growing. Yeah, it's funny. But you see, the seed will not remain the same. It breaks from being a seed into a sprout, then into a small plant, then into a big tree, then into a fruit-bearing tree. In other words... Here's the secret again that Jesus was saying. In other words, it has to transform. The Word of God, the seed, which begins with the seed, the Word of God, Jesus Himself, at the right condition of the heart, enters the heart, the soil, the good soil, right? Now is being transformed. There is some change happening. And the Bible says that some will yield a hundred Some will yield 60. Some will yield 30, right? But the goal of this, the whole point of the kingdom of God is that it has to change. The seed has to change. It has to transform. That's the whole point. And Jesus was referring to the most vital part of the secret of the kingdom of God. It's about the transformation. That's the end goal. That's the end goal of the kingdom of God, that it will change all of us. Understand that you and I, the Bible says, we were made in His image and in His likeness. We have every attribute. We have, you know, by nature, we're like, you know, we, we, we act, we talk, we feel, we, we smell. Everything who we are is like, is like God because we are made in His image and likeness. But sin destroyed it, right? And this is now the secret, the gospel. When we come to a place, when that seed grows, it changes. Okay, What happens now, there is now this transformation in our lives. Hoping that one day we'll be made in His image and in His likeness. Hoping one day we will be like Christ. The goal of the seed is to grow. When the kingdom of God comes in a person's life, growth and change is inevitable. Transformation happens. And you know what Luke said? He said in chapter 3 verse 8, he says, bear fruits in keeping with what? Repentance. In other words, it ought to be repentance. That transformation is repentance. Repentance is that process of growth. It's about that seed of God, God's Word, Jesus Himself, growing inside the human heart. And it changes our minds. It changes our hearts to turn away from sin and follow Jesus Christ and obey his commandments. You see, you will never be the same when you encounter the living God. Never. And that's what Jesus was saying. He was talking to a lot of people, you know, crowds, but not understanding <laughs> the secret of the kingdom of God. But yet to us it is revealed. Praise God. To us it is revealed. The living God. The end result, or evidence of transformation, is seen by what? The fruits. You know, um, how many? If you know, if you plant an apple seed, it will not grow mango trees or mangoes, right? It just just won't happen. You can't. When Jesus, who is the seed, the Word of God, is planted in the hearts of men. Guess what fruit will come out. It's Jesus. First John, chapter three verse two. This is like, you know, a sneak peek to the future. John said, "Beloved, now we are the children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when He is revealed, we shall be like Him." The future kingdom that we're seeing, we don't know what will happen. I don't know if um, when we all go which, you know, it's inevitable. All of us will go. What we will be is the image and likeness of God. Nothing more, nothing less. We shall be like Him. That's what it says. But the fruits, the result or the evidence of this transformation can be seen in the fruits. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 to 23, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Now think about a kingdom. I mean, just, just imagine with me what would it be like if the Philippine kingdom are filled with people whose fruits are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. you think we're going to have crimes out there? Do you think we're going to have those things that are happening outside no. Incidentally, okay, the people of Israel were looking to a different kingdom. Okay? Because Daniel prophesied way, way, way back in the Old Testament that someday the kingdom of God will come that will rule over all other kingdoms. So they were looking for a geographical location like Israel being the world leader. That's what they were looking at. They were looking at a king who will rule like King David or King Solomon. But yet, Jesus said, that's not the way my kingdom operates. My kingdom operates in a small seed that is planted in the hearts of men whose condition of the heart is good soil, changes that person, transforms him from inside out, and guess what? The fruit is this. It's going to be a perfect kingdom. It's going to be a beautiful kingdom. We don't have to Go through many laws. You don't have to go through many. You don't have policemen. You don't have army to protect because you are just basically who we are. We are loving, joyful, peaceful, patient, kind, good, faithful, gentle, and we have self-control. Think about the whole kingdom like that. Isn't that amazing? And that's the kind of kingdom Jesus is doing. And His kingdom is not advancing geographically, but it is advancing somehow In the good soil now in summary as I end in summary Jesus wanted all his disciples how many disciples do we have in the house okay Jesus wanted all his disciples to know that the secrets of the kingdom of God starts like a seed word of God Jesus himself which must come in good soil the condition of God for it to bear fruit so that transformation may happen now, uh, many of us might think, Pastor, um, you know what? I think I'm the good soil. How many feel like you know, I'm the good soil? That's why I'm here. Right? That's why you're here. You're good soil. Amen. So you're good soil. Saying, Pastor, that's not me. I'm a good soil. You know, my neighbor actually is hard, hard soil. Hard heart. <laughs> you know, my, my relative probably says, sha, shallow sha. Okay? Shallow heart. You know, my friend, Pastor, Yan, divided heart yan. Okay, he has had divided, but for me, I'm a good heart. And somehow when we look at people, you know, we tend to judge people in how they respond to the gospel of, of God, right? We have that tendency to see that neighbor of mine, Bahiyan hard heart yan. Right, like eto, Christiano na to, matagal na. look, look at his life. Divided heart na siya. He's already out there, you know. How quick we are to judge. Now, here's some truth that you need to understand. Let me share this to you. It says that none of us are really good soil. None of us have good hearts. None. How quick we can be to judge. But the reality is, all of us are guilty. The Bible says in Romans chapter 3, verse 23: For all, what? All have sinned and fall short. Of the glory of God we are actually guilty at one point in our lives having this hard heart how many of you know that we are also guilty at one point we had a shallow heart or a divided heart in fact the reality is we can all be this at any given time in our lives because today you may have a good soil You can receive it, you have a good heart, but next week, when you are tempted, you you fall into sin, you probably have a hard heart. Maybe next week or two years from now, you could be having that hard heart. You'd be bitter about life. You see, it's not about when. It's about the condition. Are you hearing? It's about the condition of our hearts. And day in, day out. We change. People change. Your decision changes. Our hearts change. But our prayer is that we will always remain a good soil. Our prayer. That's our prayer. That when we hear the word of God, we just don't hear. We listen. We understand. We allow the kingdom of God to come into our hearts. That's what we need. And realize this. And here's here's something that, you know, that kind of, blew me away while I was preparing this message. Let me share it to you. The sower did not choose to sow in good soil alone. But he chose to put his seeds even in the hardest of grounds. This is the message of the kingdom of God. This is the gospel. That's why it's good news. He could have chosen a good ground. The farmer... The sower, the garden, <laughs> would have just chosen a good ground. But yet, what does he do? He still spreads his seeds. Even in the path where the, the birds ate the seeds. Even on a hard ground, he still sowed the seeds. Even on a shallow ground, on a rocky ground, he still sowed the seeds. In whatever area, or whatever condition of our hearts, God has been sowing his seeds. Because he knows that one day... This seed, no matter how hard it is, it will penetrate the heart of men. My question is today, what do we do now? What can we really do now? now? Truth be told, the soil cannot do anything on its own. The soil cannot do anything on its own. It means that this soil cannot remove the rocks. This soil cannot remove the thorns. This soil cannot make it soft. We can't. Left on our own. But guess what? Guess who can? The sower. It's the gardener. His name is Jesus. No matter how hard our hearts are today, God, if given to God, given to the sower, He can plow our fields. He can take that. Question is today, will we allow Jesus to plow the hardness of our hearts? When we sin, when we fall, will you allow Jesus to plow that hard heart? When you are embittered, you're angry about life, will you allow Jesus to plow that heart? Will you allow Jesus to help you take root make you understand that you can trust me in times of trials and troubles you don't have to give up because i'm here will you allow jesus now when you're divided and you're saying god i like also those i like you know there's so many concerns will you allow jesus will you trust him to take care of your concerns will you allow jesus to be who he is He's not just the seed, but He's the sower. And that's the good news that we have. This is the gospel. This is the secret of the kingdom of God. Actually, there's more to the kingdom of God in this parable. But you need to understand first and foremost about this this important secret. It's about Jesus. He is the seed. He is also the sower. Amen. Let me just encourage you today, no matter where you are, whatever hearts of hearts you have today, if you allow Jesus now to take care of your soil, if you allow Him, then He can plant good seeds for you. And in time, you will harvest a fruit that is pleasing to God. That's the kind of fruitfulness Jesus wants to see. Amen? Praise God. Let's all give God a big hand for that. Thank you, Lord bow down in your heads and pray Father thank you for your word Lord let this be not just another emotional moment Lord God but let it be a real moment of sowing the seeds in our hearts whatever ground whatever hearts of hearts we have today Lord we just allow you to be the sower of our lives to be the one who will garden to be the one to take care of our lives in fact, I want everybody just to stand right now. I guess it's all of us. Most of us have been in that situation wherein God was never really the sower. Let's just all lift it up before God today. Wherever you are right now, whatever circumstance you are in, just allow God. Say, God, this is me. This is me. I want you now to come. Can you do that? Let's all lift up our hands before God. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I pray, Lord God, that for every person who's lifting up their hands today, that you will, Lord, somehow be the sower. Take care of this dry ground at times. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's shallow. Sometimes it's divided. But Lord, as we surrender to your will, Lord, you said in your word, you know, let your kingdom come and let your will be done. So Lord, we ask for that will of yours to be upon us. Let your kingdom come in our hearts. Let it enter. Or rather, let us enter your kingdom, Lord God. So Lord, we surrender everything to you, our very lives to you and say, Lord, you, you are Lord over everything. Lord, you reign and rule in our hearts. So Lord, we, all we could do today is just worship you, Lord God.